Should the Diamondbacks have fired Monty Williams? And should James join, uh, James Jones have joined him? Out to the KDUS hotline we go to go around the NBA. We're now joined in the sports zone by Steve Ashburn of NBA.com. Steve, good to have you on the show once again. Monty Williams out after four years as the Suns head coach. Three disappointing playoff losses the last three years, starting with the finals loss to, my, uh, to Milwaukee. That was in 2021. Second round losses the last two years against the Mavericks and Nuggets. Embarrassing home losses. Do you agree with the Suns firing Monty Williams? Uh, let me put it this way. I don't agree with it. I'm not surprised by it. When I saw the uh, the news come across the other night, um, it was um, it caught me by surprise, but I'm not surprised given the context of uh, what went on there, what's going on in the league, how other coaches um, get the plugs pulled. Um, so, you know, no, that part of it. On the other hand, um, I thought that there were, you know, clear issues with the Suns that could have and should have been addressed uh, maybe before you get to Monty Williams. You know, they have a new ownership, so perhaps they, they already have his replacement in mind and were waiting for the right reason or at least the right excuse. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, I think Monty is a um, terrific current NBA head coach in terms of, you know, uh, working with the power dynamic of players versus coaches, um, being appropriately touchy-feely for 2023, and um, just being a stand-up guy. I mean, you know, that. That says a lot. I mean, we've all worked for companies where um, we've had, you know, truly good character and moral bosses and maybe not had that. And it makes a difference as far as I'm concerned. If you're going to approach your job like a professional, you appreciate those kinds of bosses. James Jones, you, you, roster construction, uh, something we've talked about here for a while, at least on this show. Um, are you surprised that he's still employed, or should he maybe have uh, you know joined Williams as uh, beating jettisoned on Saturday night? I'm not surprised by that at all, and most mostly because NBA executives, uh, GMs, and VPs of basketball operation, those type of jobs, they usually have lifespans two to three times what their coaches are. You know, you get you get to fire at least one, maybe two head coaches before it, it turns on you. I mean, I'm reminded about, you know, Ernie Grunfeld in Washington, who lasted probably 15 years uh, with a team that did next to nothing and burned through, you know, numerous head coaches. Um, Ernie's fine, a fine guy, but coaches don't have the latitude that executives have. And so I'm not, I'm not surprised that um, James Jones would, uh, would not be, you know, uh, in the line of fire, and uh, um, that's just that's just the way it is. And I, you know, I'm, I don't I don't know how you can even hope to have a properly constructed roster when you have to give up so much in in assets, current and future, to bring in a guy like Kevin Durant. I mean, you're invariably going to end up with a top heavy team, and. Um, you accept that when you make that kind of a deal. Going back to the last couple of weeks against the Nuggets, what could have or should the Suns and Williams have done differently against the Nuggets? Well, I mean, first off, be healthy and have the best possible Chris Paul who remains 
at age 38, um, you know, I thought that that was a, an obvious blow. Once once we heard about his groin injury, you know, I think it was hard to find anybody who would have said, well, you know, uh, Phoenix is still a superior team, you know, and, and you know, that's, that's one thing that has emerged with uh, coaches either being um, – uh, having their their jobs bandied about or losing their jobs is that you know these guys at least fight back with the truth and and remind people all right how many of these series how many of these games how many of these situations has the team I've been coaching been favored now you know it's fair to expect um, overachievement and you know an underdog every so often that rises up but by and large I mean and the NBA has the uh, the gambling partners that can attest to this um, favorites win, and and then it's just a matter of by how much. So you know, I, I don't I don't know what um, Phoenix could have done in particular that would have flipped the series against the number one seed in the West, a, a Denver team that has improved, stayed together, had its own coach for quite a while along with, you know, some core players. Um, I, I, I thought that most people in my line of work were picking Denver to win that, and it came uh, to pass that that's what happened. So, you know, now, did we expect another bloodletting in the, in the clinching game like we saw the Suns uh, turn in last year against Dallas? No, absolutely not. That was, that was a bad look. Um, I don't even uh, – to me it was inexplicable. That, that they would get blown out on their home court the way they did. It, it's, um, that's embarrassing, and I get it's embarrassing for a new owner, um, Matt Ishbia. But, you know, embarrassing is one thing. Failing at your job is, is different. I don't consider Monty Williams to have failed um, in that position. I, I think that maybe he was the easiest move to make right now in the aftermath of that loss. Um, maybe they, they have a replacement in mind. Um, who they don't want to lose to another team that's doing a coaching search. But I think between uh, Chris Ball's future, DeAndre Ayton's future, um, ways to shore up that roster, you know, there are things that could be done, and, and Williams didn't seem to be the most urgent of those to me. Steve Ashburner of NBA.com, curling in the sports zone. Sticking with Williams, one more thing. Um, he's been mentioned already for a possibility for the Milwaukee head coaching opening. Uh, do you think he'd be a good fit there? It's possible. It, it depends what the players on that roster, particularly Giannis, um, thinks that they need. You know, I, I've got to think that he was at least consulted, whether he gave a thumbs up, thumbs down, or, or just backed away and said, do what you do, and I'll react to it. Um, the management there, I, I got to think that somehow he was in the loop, and I would think that he, at least, if not other players, would be in the loop for a replacement. For instance, if the top assistant, Charles Lee, is wildly loved by the players, and they think, you know, yeah, give this guy the chance. He's the guy we responded to at, during halftime talks or uh, after practices or whatever it was. Then you know, then that might justify a team that's you know a, a top contender like Milwaukee uh, going with a first-time head coach. By and large, you would say no. You know, they need somebody who's done that job before and gotten good results. You know, a, a Nick Nurse or a Frank Vogel, something like that. Williams, you know, similar. I mean, you know, I I don't see any reason he shouldn't be a uh, candidate for that job. Um, 
it, it comes down to, you know, the old NBA approach was, all right, we have a nice guy now, then we need to have a, uh, you know, a butt chewer. Or if we have a butt chewer now, now we got to have a nice guy who's the player's friends. And it would swing like a pendulum back and forth. Other sports have done that, too. That's how Billy Martin kept getting hired. He got hired in the wake of nice guys <laughs> having the job before him. But, um, you know, I, I think the NBA is a little different now. I don't think it's so clear cut. I think all coaches have to be nice guys to a certain extent. You can't be tough as nails and survive the power that these players have when they're not in the mood to do something. The Warriors, they got eliminated on Friday night by the Lakers. Uh, the Warriors, starting with uh, front office uh, guru Bob Myers, uh, they've got decisions to make this offseason. Should the Warriors reload or rebuild? Um, I happen to think they, re- they should rebuild. But, you know, that's a tougher one because when you've won as often as they have, when so many of the people that are, that are sort of on the bubble now with, with that team have produced for them in the past, you know, now you're going to make a decision on either their price tag or their age. And, and that gets a little bit trickier, and sometimes it doesn't go so well. I mean, Boston broke up, you know, the Pierce Garnett, um, Ray Allen thing, um, probably a little prematurely. But, you know, they felt that they were running on fumes, and Danny Ainge, he, he saw what happened when he was still a player, and that, that Celtics team of the uh, 80s and 90s got old, and, uh, and it, it took a while to get off the, the floor. So... Um, but I think that's a little bit trickier, and I think sentiment is probably, you know, plays a bigger role when it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, I mean, Draymond's been awfully good. He's the second-team All-NBA this year. Um, we signed Jordan Poole to a ton of money, even though he was a big disappointment, you know, for much of the postseason. I mean, it, it, they're more complicated decisions. I mean, I, you know, Steph Curry gets to play there as long as he wants until he doesn't want. I mean, I would say Clay Thompson, same type of thing. But the price tags are huge. And with, you know, what we know of the new CBA, um, it's going to be tougher than ever for teams to overpay, even their own homegrown guys. I, I, I thought that was, uh, you know, that was a priority for uh, the CBA is at least don't punish. And I think this is a little bit the case. Don't punish the teams as badly if they were savvy enough to do the drafting and, and procurement of guys before they became big money players. Um I'm not, I don't care about the owner's pocketbook in, in Golden State. They made, you know, they made tons of money off of the team that they've had the last uh, what, eight years. But um, they care about it. You know, they're the ones that say, no, 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 we don't want to. You know, we spent our money before, but now you know we need to uh, to see more coming into our pockets or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I I would opt for a rebuild. The, the opportunity or the likelihood they're going to ride sort of this current mix to any more significant success, um, that, that to me seems highly unlikely. So, you know, maybe they do need to just sort of, uh, you know, stiff up her lip and, uh, and, and take lumps all at once. They, you know, they kind of did that when, um, when they had the injuries and, uh, you know, they got James Weissman with the, with the number two pick in the draft. He would have looked fairly helpful, I think, um, this postseason if they hadn't given up on him. And, um, yeah, but I guess I'd like to see the rebuild. I'm not going to play many tears for a team that's enjoyed all the success it's had. Um, they, you know, they're due for a down period. 
So we have Lakers and Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, who wins that series and why? Well, um, I think Denver will win because of what I said about them earlier and the continuity, the um, just the, the, the enjoyably crafty game that, that Nikola Jokic plays. Uh, I like the fact that he's got a platform in this playoffs now for people that might not have appreciated him when he was playing all those those games in the mountain time zone, um, and, and they didn't stay up late enough to watch, or they flipped channels away from the Denver Nuggets because it's not the sexiest team. I, I just think that they are, they've done everything right to this point to um, take that next step. And, uh, you know, that, that, I, think, I think that the things they've done, you know, from the head coach right through the roster will, um, will carry them there. But, you know, I would not, I would not bet any money against LeBron James uh, sniffing a Finals opportunity with, you know, maybe the best teammate he's ever had. Anthony Davis went healthy, so um, you know that's uh, and momentum, frankly. You know, with a retooled roster on the fly, uh, they've had enough time to uh, to make this all work. They've got depth now, um, so yeah, it it's. Uh, I think it's extremely close, and, and, and I kind of expect it to go seven. The Celtics uh, eliminated the Sixers on Sunday. Um, let, let's start with the Sixers here. How should they proceed this offseason? Well, James Harden has a player option at, at a ton of money. Um, I don't know what he and his uh, reps think his alternatives are. If he can replicate that or even in multiple years uh, surpass what he be on the books for next year, um, then, I, then I would expect him to, to leave. Um, you know, I don't think he was happy having to dial back his individual game um, or, you know, the alleged betterment of the team when the team doesn't, you know, get beyond the same place. It always kind of stops. So um, that's one thing. I think that that, that – you know the the, manu- the moves they've made. I don't know how full their cupboard is to uh, get extra pieces, but you know you saw Embiid, um, and he shouldered a lot of responsibility in his post game yesterday. But he also was, you know, responding, you know, to one question about how it's not just Harden and and himself that need to um, to improve; it's it's other guys. Well, I thought they got decent contributions from other guys, so. You know, whether that causes any sort of rift or not, I mean, that remains to be seen. Probably not um, once, you, once you pad in a, a, a pretty long summer, a longer summer than they would have liked. But, um, and I, you know, I, I can't, um, I know all the numbers and trends and history on Doc Rivers. I've known Doc Rivers for over 40 years, and it's hard for me to uh, be 100% um, impartial on, on Rivers. Uh, he went to Marquette. I went to Marquette a couple of years before him. And, um, you know, I think he's I think he's good for the league, if not necessarily good for the team he's coaching in the postseason in a game seven. Um, you know, he's got an ugly record that way, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's got the ninth most victories of all time. I don't think he's lost a step as far as coaching. Um, and, I, and I just, you know, some would say, well, he hasn't had all his stuff. But that's a different argument. I just, I think that uh, he's got a couple of years left on his contract. And uh, with so many coaching changes going on, unless someone just wants to, you know, play the, uh, 
the carousel and, and take someone who was working elsewhere this season, um, you know, that's another team I don't think should be dabbling with uh, first-time head coaches. Celtics and Heat. Uh, the Heat, the first number eight seed to reach a conference final since 1999. They start the Eastern Conference Final on Wednesday. What are you expecting? How do you forecast that series? I think it's going to be a um, bruising, physical kind of series. I think that's what Miami needs. I don't think they have the firepower to just um, have a shootout with, with Boston. I think Boston is um, activated now, you know, closer to the team that it was last postseason. I think that that scare in game six against Philadelphia and the way Tatum responded, you know, to finish out that game with um, surgical scoring and then volume scoring uh, in game seven yesterday, I just think that, um, you know, that, that, that has boosted the whole team and, and confidence. I covered most of that series. And we'll be back on uh, this East Finals, and it's um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I picked Celtics in six, just because I think they have greater depth. I think that they can play defense, if not as physically, they can play it as as effectively. You know, we saw what what changed for Boston when they used both Robert Williams and Al Horford up front. Mm. I don't know that they necessarily have to do that against. Um, Miami, it, it's helpful that when Adebayo and Kevin Love are both out there, but it might be a way to get Love off the court if they go smaller. And they might be able to get it, get away with it against Miami in, in ways they, they weren't able to get away with it against Philadelphia. So, um, you know, playoff Jimmy, I think they've got multiple guys from Marcus Smart to Jalen Brown to Derek White who can um, make things tougher for, for him, for Miami. And I don't think with Tyler Hero still out, I don't think Miami has the, the offensive weapons to uh, uh, to keep up. One more quick thing here. I appreciate the extra time here, Steve. Uh, away from the, the conference finals, John Morant suspended by the Grizzlies for another social media video with him apparently flashing a gun. What should the NBA do with him? My opinion, they don't listen to me, never have, but my opinion is that he needs a Big time suspension. I thought they went too light. I think it was a uh, you know it was a uh, slap on the wrist, um, and and he was back before you knew it. And and it was as if it was an ankle sprain or something. I mean, I think I think 25, 30, 40 games would not be out of order um, given this you know repeat offense. And I've seen stuff on social media. Doesn't he have Second Amendment right? But of course he does. We all do. But. This is beyond that. This is a representative, a face of the young NBA, and they just went through the mill over this with him. And for him to turn around after an alleged, you know, quickie trip to some sort of uh, deprogramming um, situation or, or rehab, you know, or whatever, you know, for him to turn around and, and do this kind of nonsense again. I mean, you're posting goofball videos to a social media site. I, you know, is it worth it? And he already lost about, what did I read, $39 million. If he had made an all-NBA team this year, that that's what his contract would have escalated to as one of those supermax deals. Well, the reason he didn't make an, an all-NBA team was largely because of his behavior off the floor that, that turned this into such a uh, regrettable season for him and his team. And, and so, you know, he just cost himself 
not only the 10 games that he missed in the wake of the the gun video uh, previously, but uh, all that money in in the consequences of doing that sort of stuff. And, And he hasn't even touched on the most severe of consequences that could come from that sort of thing, which is him or someone else, you know, getting hurt or worse. Um, it, it's 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 insane that that well, and it, and I guess it is right. Insanity doing the same yeah. thing over and expecting different results. That's one definition. So, uh, yeah, I I it screamed he didn't learn a lesson from what had transpired before and whatever defenders he might have had where ah, he's immature, he's young, he's learning, he's in his free time, blah, blah, blah. You can't go through the being called to the principal's office with, with Adam Silver in New York and turn around and do it again after Silver's been relatively lenient in the, in the first penalty. So I would expect something far more severe that would take him almost to the midpoint of, of next season. But you know that'll be on that'll be on Silver and, and Joe Dumars uh, primarily, and then you know the NBA Players Union might have an opinion on it and, and push in the other direction. So we'll see. Steve, always good talking to you. I appreciate it. Have fun with uh, the the Heat and the Celtics series. You got it, Bob. All right, talk to you down the road. All right, we will. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com.